Hi, and welcome to Knowledge Counts, a podcast of the Canadian Institute of Quantity Surveyors. I'm Wendy Hobbs. Today we have a special episode of Knowledge Counts. We're going to be talking to three professional quantity surveyors about their career journey. First, we'll talk to Ross Hewart. Ross, tell us about your journey. I'm a uh, professional quantity surveyor and chartered quantity surveyor originally from from the UK. Um, And I'm here to share a little bit about my QS journey and, and how I came to be where I am today, running a uh, engineering and cost consultancy with 150 people across Canada. And my journey started back in 2000, 2005, 2006, when as many of many of the young students coming out of school now, you face a fairly daunting task, whereas the last 18 years of your life is spent worrying about exams and papers and all of a sudden it comes to this culmination where at 18 years old you have to decide exactly what you want to do when you grow up and you know that's that is actually a, a difficult thing to do and decide at such a relatively young age and you only realize that when you're you know 15 16 years into your career that actually people have a lot of time to decide what they want to do and sometimes we're unduly pressured on that but Coming to how I found quantity surveying, and I'll be perfectly frank, I was, uh, when I was finishing our A-levels, which is essentially the similar to the high school diploma, I guess, here, I was looking at options, and I was essentially looking at what could I do? Was it business, economics? And I just came across this random uh, course called quantity surveying. I'd never heard of it. I couldn't say I'd been interested in it before. And... I did a bit of research. It turned out there was quite a lot of quantity surveyors that I never knew. And I went out my way to discuss the profession with many of them. And, you know, one of the things that really appealed to me at the outset was the ability of quantity surveyors to travel around the world unrestricted, applying their trade. And, you know, you don't really see that in many comparable professions. And I'll compare engineers for example, engineers are critical to any construction project, especially you know in Canada. However, if you want to travel to other countries, other places, and be an engineer, it's a little bit more complicated to apply your trade, you know, new examinations. And um, so for me, it was that ability for a, a recognized profession and respected profession to take you around the world. And so that was really why I, I looked into it. And in the UK, it's of course a much, a much I guess, older profession or, or better understood. And so I was fortunate enough to, to get a, a scholarship with um, Vinci Construction, actually, who who paid for my schooling to, to do quantity surveying with the with the idea that I would actually have a job upon graduation and, and work with them in their commercial department and, you know, really get your get your wings, so to speak, out of university. Now, I found the course fascinating. You know, quantity surveying ultimately is a mix of business, economics, construction, real estate, and there's just so many different avenues you can go in. And getting exposed to all that really gave me a deeper understanding and appreciation and and interest, of course, in the built environment in itself, not just the specific niche I applied. From there, like as in 2008 when the financial crisis hit so you know we were looking at coming out of that and graduating and all of a sudden you know when the financial crisis hits you know construction is shortly to follow in terms of 
new work and availability of jobs. So that was quite an interesting situation to be in, having choosing a profession that was in huge demand around the world at the time of entering. And then all of a sudden we're looking at the biggest recession in many, many years, impacting availability of jobs for what I do. And especially as a as a green graduate, the jobs are even fewer and far between. And I had a, even though I had a guaranteed job, they actually shut down the graduate program before we graduated for that reason. They had nowhere to place people now. But because the profession is is well respected and highly regarded in the UK, there were still opportunities. They were just much tougher to uh, to get. But I was fortunate enough to go through Barrett Developments, which is a, a the largest house builder in the UK. I think they build, I want to say, 10 to 20,000 units a year. And they have full commercial departments that run sites, and I was fortunate enough to get on their graduate scheme. And so I spent two years going through their program, um, being mentored, seeing different departments and really getting an appreciation for the business, not just the specific profession. And so from there, you know, as I, as I mentioned, one of the things that had always appealed to me was traveling around the world, being able to go to different countries, work there and 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 see the world. And so in 2000, 2010, 2011, uh, Christchurch, New Zealand was um, was hit with a major earthquake and pretty much decimated part of well, a huge portion of the city. Uh, one of my previous uh, bosses who I'd worked with at Vinci sort of over the time at university had moved to New Zealand prior to this occurring. But after it occurred, he decided to set up his own consultancy um, and provide quantity surveying support on the contractor side, actually, for the restoration and repair of billions of dollars of of infrastructure, residential, commercial. And so he essentially called me up and said, did I want to come out there and help assess and survey the various projects that were going on? And so I jumped at the opportunity. And after two years in Newcastle working for Barrett Developments, I then took the opportunity, got a, um, a working visa, which is pretty easy to get when you're younger there, and moved to Christchurch. Um, in the middle of an earthquake zone to start doing quantity surveying. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, what was it that Richard Branson said? You know, if someone offers you a job and you don't think you can do it, accept it and learn anyway. And, you know, that was really, I think that was it. I, I had no idea what I was going to be quantity surveying on or what, and it and turns out New Zealand is actually a totally different type of construction methods. And um, so that was another steep learning curve. But it was getting thrown into the thick of it and and understanding the different dynamics on projects and getting to experience that in a different a different place. Now, admittedly, the Queen was on the money, so there was always that little bit reminder of home, but it was certainly couldn't have got further away in terms of the distance. And so I was there for, I think I was there for around two years, but of course, again, Christchurch is a very small city, relative, and New Zealand is really in the middle of nowhere. And I just never saw my long-term future there because I like to travel and go places. And North America had always been a, a place I wanted to, to work and go to. I have a sister in Chicago who moved there before me. And so it was just something that was always on my radar. And I was lucky enough um, when I was looking to looking to leave at the time, Alberta actually had a pilot program. If you were a construction estimator, quantity surveyor, really, that's part of what we do, not just construction estimation. You could qualify for a, I think it was a two-year work permit, 
based on your qualifications. And so I had a job offer with a, a cost consultancy in Calgary at the time, but I didn't have a visa. So I packed up all the bags, headed to, to Canada. Fingers crossed I, I was getting that visa when I arrived. And funnily enough, I got the one crusty immigration officer and asked for some extra things and ended up having to drive to Lethbridge and do the turnaround to get the visa, but got it in the end. I realized very quickly, though, that I worked for a QS in here in Canada seemed was a little bit different, a bit more narrow, I would say, in terms of the available skill sets of a quantity surveyor. And so the job I'd initially took was very much doing was construction estimating purely. Uh, having been a QS, managing projects, going to sites, there's a very big difference between a site-based QS and a, I guess, call it a PQS, a, a client-side quantity surveyor. After a few months working there, I got approached by a consultancy who essentially serviced the insurance industry. And they didn't, they didn't have quantity surveyors or call them quantity surveyors. But essentially, it was consulting on buildings, which I mean, from a cost perspective, a specification perspective, a project workflow perspective, contractual perspective, QSs are pretty good at that. And so my skills com combine that with the earthquake um, was a great opportunity. And so I then moved into that role. <clears throat> and that was very interesting, you know, because I, I, I not that I was following disasters and this was really just uh, uh, a weird coincidence, but I, when I moved to Canada in November 2013, that was on the tail end of the major flooding in Calgary. And so I'd gone from an earthquake zone to now a flood zone and, and essentially help assessing and auditing various projects as it related to the, the flood restoration to the sea. So that included the Calgary Zoo, the, the, the town of High River. Um, and so I really got exposed to a significant amount of project work very quickly when I was here. I worked in that role for about two years and loved it, loved the role of the industry, um, but I had an opportunity to, to branch out and start a consultancy of my own. And so that's when essentially MBC Group was born. And from there, you know, we, it was, <laughs> I like the story because again, what people often don't understand is, you know, I'm, I was lucky to do quantity surveying because it, it gave me a real profession, a real usable skill. That's not to devalue any other degree because, you know, if you do economics, you do business studies, you, you, you learn fundamentals, but you don't come out and say to people, you're an economist because you've had a bachelor's in, in economics. Whereas when you do something like quantity surveying, or if you then come out and you are a quantity surveyor and you can apply your trade. So it actually opens up your opportunity to be an, uh, an entrepreneur, sole proprietor, work-life balance. It gives you that opportunity because you're developing a skill set you personally can provide. And so that's why I've always been thankful for taking that route because it allowed me to start a business confidently because I was confident I could provide the standard of work that our customers needed, if not better than what was being provided. And so NBC was launched out of my basement in Calgary. Over the last seven years, we've grown both organically and through acquisition, added additional service lines such as engineering and environmental consulting. So we have our quantity surveying group, we have our engineering groups, and then we have our environmental group. And we have six hard offices across Canada, a laboratory, and around 100, and, uh, I think it's in the 140s at the minute, about 140, 150 employees. And so, I mean, the the story of that is, 
I've oversimplified that, but honestly, it was there was no strategic plan at the start. It was, I'm a quantity surveyor, I can provide services. And I I guess I, I accidentally started, became a, a banner for quantity surveying in insurance because prior to prior to my arrival we were they were called property appraisers or damage appraisers which is kind of a overflow from the auto assessment side of things and so after i think five six years of, of pushing the value of quantity surveyors i think we've made a lot of headway companies and insurance companies are starting to see the value in our services and our designations whereas prior to that there was no real standards being set for what constitutes a an assessor of property damage or properties in general. And so we, I think we've made huge leaps and bounds in that regard. And for me, I'm only, again, doing maths, I'm only about 18 years, 17 years into my career, which I mean, don't get me wrong, is still not that short, but I still have another, hopefully, another 30 to go. The opportunities are endless. You know, we're, we're exploring new countries, new service lines, and quantity surveying, even in the U.S., is becoming more valuable, and and they're taking on roles of project managers now. Quantity surveying and project management are becoming very, very aligned here in Canada, which actually is very interesting because in the U.K. that's what they are. So here in 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 Canada, we tend to have a project manager and a construction estimator, whereas in the U.K. There's much more collaboration, right? You'll have a construction manager, you'll have a quantity surveyor, and they'll work hand in hand on the project live. Whereas here you tend to do the construction estimates, the budgets, it gets fed through to construction and they execute. But the communication is not as succinct, is not as constant. Ultimately, the commercial viability of construction is always at the forefront of any project. And quantity surveyors are the ones that can ensure that's facilitated and done correctly. And so I'd say to anyone wanting to explore what a quantity surveyor is and the work it would allow you to do and where you comply it, I really do encourage you to find out more because it's been nothing short of a extraordinary journey for me. And I really do owe it all to deciding to take that quantity surveying course 15 years ago. Next, we'll talk to Aaron Brownlow. Aaron, what was your career journey? I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and we had a landscape company. So we did contracting and we had greenhouses. So I had worked there at a very early age, probably around 10 or so. And then from there, I, I thought that maybe I would be interested in something on the agricultural side of things. So went to the agricultural college in Bible Hill for a short period of time, but realized that the university style wasn't really for myself. So took uh, a year off and worked at Kent Building Supplies to um, earn some money to figure out what I'm going to do next. And while I was there, I realized that I really enjoyed being around the the activity around construction and I wanted to know more about it. I put in an application for the building services technician course at the Nova Scotia Community College and I was accepted. But when they opened the program for the year and I arrived there in September, they changed the name of it to architectural engineering technician. So it wasn't the course that I had planned on taking and I wasn't sure if it was a course that I would even like at the time. So I went through the two years and thinking that I was going to be a building inspector the whole time and realized that I liked the numbers side of it a lot more and the financial side. So I had a work term at Hanscom at the end of my two years. And that was 
22 years ago. Long time. While at Hanscom, I, I realized that it seemed odd for myself to advise on costs of construction, not having experience actually building things. So I left Hanscom and worked for a local general contractor, which was Rito at the time, and, and now they're bird construction, so they're quite big. I was there for a long time, working as an estimator and a senior estimator, and uh, have gone to a couple other places to work. So I worked for a subcontractor and and a couple local developers. Then I went I went back to Bird because I really liked it there and I liked the individuals that I was working with there and then left there for more of a management position. So uh, while I was at Bird, about 12 years after I graduated, I decided that I wanted to apply to CIQS to get assessed to see where I was because I had initially applied when I graduated from school to be a mechanical QS, but they gave me a long list of courses that I would have to take and how much extra money it would cost. And I just finished a program, so I didn't I didn't feel like spending more money on school. So I waited, uh, and 12 years later I applied and and I automatically got my CEC. And then I think I had to take four courses and do some diaries. So it was a fairly quick process. Uh, it was up to me to do the self-study and get that done. Then I passed all of that. And I think that was eight-ish years ago or so. So quite a while. And from there, uh, my perspective on construction projects changed from just the estimating task to the entire project and the entire process of construction. So it, it did push me into more management roles. So I, I was doing uh, national management of portfolio for Crombie, which was they do tenant leases for uh, a lot of their commercial buildings, but they also are getting into residential developments. So I was working with them for a few years and decided that I wanted to uh, try something different. So I worked in the public sector for a few years and uh, worked in the cost management and cost monitoring side of things doing that. And currently I'm and back at Hanscom managing their Halifax office. So I kind of am back where I started. I, in 2012, so I think around the same time that I applied to become a member um, after that 12 years in the industry, uh, I went to the AGM, the local AGM at the time, and they had asked if anybody would be interested in volunteering. So I put up my hand and I knew David at the time. And I think he was starting to take that over from Wanda. So nice to work with David Dukes in a non-competitive environment where we were always bidding against each other on projects. I was doing the Maritime Affiliate, it's chapter now, but the affiliate for about three years and then uh, was selected from our group to go up to uh, the National Board to be the representative for Maritimes in 2015. Still on the board and it's 2023. Past chair, I feel like we're in a good position now and there's been a lot of changes on the way or that, that have happened along the way. And um, the next few years are going to be very busy. To me, there's a lot of really great things about being a QS. And the one thing that I say to most people is I enjoy building the buildings in my head with numbers, with materials that don't exist. So even though I'm not, I don't have the physical materials to build the building, I know all the pieces and the parts and I can figure out how much it's going to cost. So I already have an image in my head of what that looks like, which I think is pretty cool. Last, we have Wyatt Claremont. Wyatt, tell us about your career journey. Grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan called Esterhazy. Uh, it's a potash town. 
that is uh, kind of a one-house uh, kind of place, roughly 2,000 people and one high school. So we all went to that one high school and, uh, and graduated with a class of 74. Uh, during high school, I really didn't know how to get rich, and that was my main goal as a kid, is how to get rich. Coming out of high school, I went to business school because that was about money, and money made you rich. So that's what I was going to try to do. Uh, I thought business was a good way to get my feet wet in the world and start out and, and gain some money. While going to university, I, uh, I also managed a water park. That was fun. Got in there as a lifeguard and worked my way up as the general manager. Got some experience as an entrepreneur and as, and as a general manager managing other people and being responsible to shareholders and, and all kinds of business stakeholders. That kind of piqued my interests in, in management uh, more than just getting rich. It was more about uh, the experience and, and, and helping people uh, rather than just the money. Met my now wife in university and she uh, pulled me to Kelowna to finish her teaching degree. There I got into sales and, uh, and more management, a couple other businesses in there uh, that I managed. And then uh, when she was done her teaching degree, we moved to China and we were teachers for a year. You know, China wasn't the place we were going to settle long term, so we needed a plan to get back. And the plan there was to go to Calgary, the big city, boom and cow town. So I guess along my journey, I, I did always have a, a toe into construction, and I wanted to uh, get some leverage with some technical background uh, through SATE uh, so that I could get a, a position in management in, a, in the construction industry rather than uh, management of another water park or a small business. My girlfriend got into teaching, got a, got a teaching job down in Foothills. I got into SATE, got into civil engineering, got some technical skills, had a plan to get into construction, with a business degree and wasn't sure what that was called. I got into the civil engineering program, had a construction management uh, uh, subcategory, I'll call it. And then uh, in there was the estimating program uh, as well as some contract classes. And uh, and uh, yeah, that estimating role spoke to me. And then the designation behind it, the quantity surveyor was, uh, was the one for me. And uh, long story short, I became a PQS with the Canadian Institute of Quantity Surveyors in 2018, uh, and uh, and enjoying my career a lot. I think it's a really broad-reaching career that can uh, find a niche for anybody that's interested in anything from construction to numbers to real estate to yeah nuts and bolts, counting stuff and and uh, procuring everything. So I think it it fits me and my personality quite well, and. Uh, I wouldn't be here without uh, some luck. So after SATE, uh, I got a job with Graham Construction in, as an estimator in their uh, building's major projects division, formerly known as commercial construction. And uh, yeah, I worked there under some very, very experienced people who knew exactly how to price a building. And uh, I learned from them. I learned how to uh, measure, do takeoffs, as well as uh, unit pricing and, and yeah, the whole shebang with tenders. That was, a, that was a great experience. We uh, worked on some big projects, P3 Pursuits in there, and then yeah, I branched off into, into the project management stream after being an estimator for two years. Worked up north then after Graham was Arctic Canada Construction, working in, out of the Okotoks office uh, for projects in Northwest Territories and Nunavut, schools, health centers, and, uh, and housing mostly. 
yeah, another world with uh, all kinds of risks involved. I'd say uh, that's where I learned how to navigate these 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 risks and how to really avoid them and and to be as as proactive as possible because you know the boat goes once a year to some of these communities and if your stuff isn't on the boat or your people aren't lined up as per the schedule it can uh, it cost a lot of money and then you don't get rich so I had the opportunity to be the Calgary chapter rep for the last two years, the CIQS, and then part of that uh, was some ambassador training and uh, a couple trips to Ottawa, their external relations team, to fight the good fight and help the government uh, get cost oversight with their budget items. Uh, it was a really cool experience and another branch of uh, the PQS careers that I didn't think was possible. I never thought I'd have an opportunity to be a lobbyist. I wouldn't have been one if there wasn't such a thing as a quantity surveyor degree or, or PQS designation. Yeah, it's a field that can, can lead you in all kinds of ways. With the CIQS, I mean, that's the governing body for the, for the profession. And uh, yeah, it was an honor to be a part of that team, be the guy for Calgary, give back to the profession. Thanks to Ross, Aaron, and Wyatt for talking with us today about their journey to becoming a professional quantity surveyor. For Knowledge Counts, I'm Wendy Hobbs.